One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective, honestly and respectfully. Hi, Dr. Robert Hathaway, is it? Hardaway, Robert Hardaway. Hardaway, Hardaway. Well, I'm so grateful to have you. At the University of Denver. (laughs) I'm so so grateful to have you here today, uh, Professor. Uh, You're going to talk about a subject we've never covered on um, Savvy, and that's the Electoral College. There's been a lot of controversies controversy, especially the past couple of years, about some folks saying, hey, it's not fair. It should be one vote, one person. And uh, this electoral college is just something slave traders wanted so that they could get more of a vote. And you're an expert on this. Uh, You're a professor and you actually teach on this very subject and law and the electoral college. And so you'll be able to enlighten us uh, should it be done away with? Is it a good idea? But before we go to that, share a little bit about your background so people understand where you came from. Well, I, um, I yes, I've been specializing in the in the law of the Electoral College for many years. I have I teach uh, election law here at the University of Denver, and so it's been a topic which has been my main uh, area of, of research for 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 many many years, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, I think a lot of us has, have forgotten what we learned in sixth grade uh, in, in sixth grade <laughs> civics class about mm-hmm. the creation of the United States of America. Um, you know, uh, th- th- when George Washington was asked to to monitor or to preside at the Constitutional Convention, he said, "There's no way that we're going to get a compromise that will bring all." of the colonies together, because Mm -hmm. the big states said that if we're going to have a national government, it should be based purely on population, that is, um, in in a Congress, that Mm -hmm. that only it should be based on population. The small states, which under the Articles of Confederation said, we're not going to participate in any such nation unless we have 
equal representation in the Congress. That is, every state would have equal representation. And um, the the Constitutional Convention was on the verge of breaking apart because even George Washington said, I, I should never have gotten involved in this. It's hopeless. And everyone was basically walking home from the Constitutional Convention saying, we're going to break up into four or five different countries, Pennsylvania and uh, and Virginia had decided to to form their own um, amalgamation, uh, and uh, King George the Third was gloating that uh, that the Americans are never going to get together. They're all they'll break together. They'll break apart into different countries, like in South America. And it was only really in the last days of the convention that Benjamin Franklin created the United States of America with what is, we now call the Grand Compromise. He said the large states wish to have populate want to have representation in Congress based purely on population. The small states said we're not going to participate in any such nation and have Pennsylvania, Virginia, and so forth uh, rule the roost. We demand equal representation. And and George and uh, Benjamin Franklin said, why don't we do both? Why don't we uh, have two houses, one based on population and one based on equal equal representation of each state uh, in in the uh, in the national legislature. Um, this 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 um, sort of this this conspiracy theory that somehow it was all based on slaveholders and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, there was a separate compromise had nothing to do with electoral college, of course, um, mm -hmm. with the southern states because the southern states wanted their representation in Congress to be based in, uh, on the number of slaves they had. And of course, the North said, why should you get credit for uh, the population of slaves when they aren't even allowed to vote? And so that was a separate compromise known as the three-fifth compromise. The North didn't think that the South should have um, any representation based on slaves. The South said, well, we're, then fine. We won't join your union. We're going to form a separate country. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get them in was to have this three-fifths compromise. Okay, you can count three-fifths of the slaves. But that mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the Electoral yeah. College, the grand compromise that created the United States of America. Now, explain to me the three-fifths. Uh, we're not using that at all right now, right? That's not part of what we do at all. The well, no, because after the, after the 15th Amendment, there is no slavery. So it, 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 mm. it, 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 that's a moot, that's a moot uh, compromise. Mm. No, the, 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 the South said we should have representation mm -hmm. in Congress uh, based on the, our, including the population of our slaves. Mm -hmm. And the North said that's crazy. Um, we're not going to allow you to. And so that was um, the South said, fine, we'll form our own country. Go on your yeah. own way. Um, so that was the compromise that uh, that brought the South into the union. Yeah, I love that you say that. But what, what we're defining here for people listening in is that was done away with once slavery was done away with. Oh, and nothing we, to do yeah. with it now. Nothing yeah. to do yeah. with it. Yeah. So I love that we bring that up because people still and I, I like I told you just before we got started, my, my professor in college was using just that point that the Electoral College is that three fifth, that it was inside of it. And hence, we should do away with the Electoral College because that's nonsense. We don't have slavery, so we don't need the Electoral College. There's nothing. Now, nothing to yeah. do. Benjamin Franklin's compromise had nothing to do with slavery. It was the big states. And Virginia, which was a slave state, was one of the bigger ones. So that was a completely separate, separate um, compromise uh, mm -hmm. called the Grand Compromise. Yeah. And the small states were, even, even after the compromise was offered, they say, well, how do we know that as soon as we enter the, a, a, a Grand Union, how do we know you're not going to take away our, our right to equal representation in the Senate. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's why the last sentence of Article 5 guarantees to the small states that their representation based on equal representation in, in a Senate can mm -hmm. never be taken away unless every state agrees. It's the only provision in the entire Constitution which mm -hmm. which you use uh, which which in which you have to have unanimity every state has to agree to that so mm -hmm. you can't really abolish the electoral college no. which is based on uh, you get a one elector or two electoral votes based on equal representation in the Senate. Uh, you can't do that unless every state agrees. So it's really a moot point about abolishing the electoral college. That's simply not going to happen because Wyoming is not going to is not going to uh, agree to mm -hmm. give up its equal weight in in the in, in the yeah. Congress. They're simply not going to do it. And the, you know it's interesting because the New York Times recognized mm -hmm. the origins of the United States of America, and they. Uh, have they in, a, in one of their most I think in most important editorials mm -hmm. set forth why we have an electoral college and let's read it to you just a short sure. paragraph but it was the uh, editors of the New York Times not known as a conservative or right wing uh, mm -hmm. uh, publication it says the nation's founders sought in various ways to create checks and balances both inside and outside government the electoral college was first and foremost a compact among states, large and small, designed to ensure that, that one state or one region did not dominate the others. It is one of the one of the safeguards of a balanced federalism, much like the allocation of two senators to each state, regardless of size. And by offering the promise that even the smallest states could tip the balance in close elections, this system made it impossible to ignore them. This, in turn, required presidential candidates to build alliances across ideological and geographical lines. Mm -hmm. And so that was the New York Times. Now, um, yes, in recent years, people were upset um, mm -hmm. that Bush and later, and, and later um, uh, Trump was elected mm -hmm. president in the Electoral College. And, the, and so the reaction was very simplistic. Well, if it elected Bush, there must be something wrong with our whole national system. There mm -hmm. must be something wrong with, with um, the grand compromise. There must be something wrong with, with, with what created yeah. the United States of America in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that was the same argument used by um, the delegates to the con convention who couldn't agree and were about to break up into five or six different countries. It's the same mm -hmm. argument. It's been yeah. going on for 200 years, and it's and fine. We'd have we'd we'd be like South America now if this compromise had not been reached. But you know, it's interesting to me, uh, Professor, because I don't. You know, it's either side could argue because it changes. What I've seemed to notice, a kind of. Um, Generally in the country, we'll elect a, a Republican for two terms usually. Then we'll go back to a Democrat for two terms usually. And then it's kind of a back and forth thing. So either side that's angry, it's like, well, you know, your side's going to be in, in power in very short order because it does change hands. It seems pretty re pretty regularly in this country. Oh, yes, and every, anyone who loses in the Electoral College says, oh, there must be something wrong with the, with mm -hmm. the whole system. But, you know, it's very rare. because It's happened twice in the last two years that I suppose mm -hmm. that our theoretical popular vote mm -hmm. um, differed from the electoral vote. Mm -hmm. However, that only really happened once back in the, uh, um, back in the uh, 1880s. Uh, it's ever uh, happened before. And mm -hmm. it's based on an illusion that there's such a thing now as a popular vote. And this yeah. illusion is created by the press. But there wow. is no popular vote. People say, oh, but, yeah. but, but Bush lost the popular vote. 
people still to this day, and I've mm. talked to people, go into the voting booth and, and they're and if you ask them who'd you vote for, and they say, oh Bush or mm. or or Trump or whoever, yeah, and yeah, say, oh I voted for that person. You did not. You do it just like they do in England in the Parliament. You vote for electors, and mm -hmm. they have an electoral college in in uh, in England. They call it the Parliament, but it works in exactly the same way. You mm -hmm. vote for um, representatives who then go into in, in London. It's the mm -hmm. in, in England. It's the it's the Parliament. In in this country, it's the electoral college, and they vote for the candidate. So yeah. whenever people say, "Oh, somebody, some candidate won the popular," there is no popular vote. You don't, and mm -hmm. that's and that's because electors are not required to even vote for a particular candidate. Uh, in the 2016 election, uh, several um, electors who were elected by the the people of Colorado, who, uh, because uh, based on their promise that they would vote for Hillary Clinton, decided oh, we don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. We want to vote for a Republican. Wow. And um, that case, whether they, whether and the, the 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 state of Colorado said, but you have to vote for Hillary Clinton, and mm -hmm. uh, whether or not they can force electors to do that went to the U.S. Supreme Court. I filed the only amicus brief that was mentioned in oral argument, and wow. by a vote of nine to zero the U.S. Supreme Court said states have the power to require electors to vote for the candidate that they promised to vote for. But mm -hmm. half the states don't have that requirement. Half mm -hmm. the states, the electors can vote for whomever they want, just like in England. Yeah. And sometimes the, the theoretical popular vote, there is no such thing, of course, but, but mm -hmm. newspapers love to create that illusion, mm -hmm. differs from the electoral vote. And, you know, if, if we had had a so-called popular vote election, um, we would have, that's the Russian system. The Russian system is oh. that every, you don't have electoral college, just you vote for a bunch of candidates, and then you have a runoff, supposedly, between the two top vote getters. So if the Communist Party gets 16% and the, and the right-wing um, uh, party uh, gets 15%, then the voters are presented with, with a choice of between the communist, uh, a hard communist or a hard right-winger. And mm. that that means that someone gets elected um, even though they're opposed by two-thirds of the electorate. Now, that's what happened in France in 2017. They have a supposed popular vote system, and they had seven mm -hmm. or eight or nine candidates. Mm -hmm. And one candidate uh, was the right-winger who got 23% Le Pen. And then there was, there was a Macron who managed to get, I don't know, I think about 20 some percent, edging out the two major parties wow. so that the voters were now faced because they don't have an electoral college. In 2017, the French voters were, were, were had to choose between two candidates that the two thirds of the electorate didn't want to have anything to do with. And they mm. expressed their outrage for what passed as democracy mm. by casting millions of blank ballots. That's how disgusted they were with this so-called popular vote system. Wow. So, you know, it's interesting. This is what happened a, a number of years ago. Um, Trump had just been elected and there was outrage on on Facebook and all the social media. But one gal was like, we should be done way. Uh, we should have the popular vote should be the only thing that exists. And one vote, one person, then all of our voices will be heard. And there'll be none of this nonsense of electoral college and ele the electorate. And that, that was really her. Believe her that, if they really believe that. And once it's explained to them, they wouldn't. They don't. Once they think they realize that the system they're 
that they that they want is the mm -hmm. Russian system, is the French <laughs> system, which produces a candidate that two thirds of the popular of, of, of the people don't want. Once they understand that, they, yeah. they wouldn't they they wouldn't propose what they're proposing. But if they did, that's the same argument for getting rid of the U.S. Senate. Because mm -hmm. under the under the uh, the Senate, each state gets two um, gets two senators, yeah. and so Wyoming gets the same number of senators in Cal as California. People say, "Well, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's a that that, that should be a popular vote." In which case. We could marginalize, forget rid of Wyoming. The, the people live out there would have no representation basically at all. Mm -hmm. And Cal they would get maybe um uh California would get 50 would get 58 uh, members of Congress, and Wyoming would be lucky to get one. But that's not federalism. Mm -hmm. That's not what the New York Times pointed out is the basis of, of our of our national federal institutions, which created the United States of America. Yeah. And what they're forgetting is we have three branches just in, in that for that reason of checks and balances. Yeah, get rid of the Senate. But we have Congress as well that has representation. You know, they say that and it's a nice political thing to say. Let's get rid of the U.S. Senate. It mm -hmm. should be one person, one vote. We, we yeah. want the Russian system. Uh, but, you know, that the small states were smart. They said, mm -hmm. we're not, we're not going to join your union unless you guarantee to us that you will never, ever, even by constitutional amendment, mm -hmm. which only requires three-fifths of the states, two-thirds of Congress, and so forth, unless you guarantee to us that we will never lose our equal representation in a Senate, mm -hmm. and there has to be unanimity. And politicians won't tell their, you know, the, the left-wingers aren't going to tell their constituents, well, you can talk about getting rid of the Senate and the Electoral College, because remember, the Electoral College is based on the Senate. It's mm -hmm. based on the representation in the Senate. So they're basic. When people say get rid of the Electoral College, they don't realize it. But they're basically saying we need to get rid of the Senate. Mm -hmm. and, and some of them come. Some of them are honest about that. They say, yeah, yeah, let's get rid of the uh, let's get rid of the Senate. And some politicians have said, yeah, let's get rid of the Senate. Mm -hmm. um, but but they can't unless every state agrees. You're going to have to get Wyoming and Alaska and all the small states to say, you know, you don't get any representation anymore of any consequence. No one's going to pay attention to you in the election. It'll mm -hmm. all be based on popular votes. And mm -hmm. we can just basically run the country from California, from the coast, California. Yeah, from the coast of New York. And, and um, that was precisely the fear of all those smaller states that said, mm -hmm. we're not going to join your union yeah. we'll from our own country. And they threatened to, they threatened to go to back to England and say, if, if they're not going to give us um, our due and our rights, then we're going to, we'll, we'll go back with England. Wow. And so this is something, we're at a really interesting time in this country and the world. It's really upside down in lots of parts of the world with the pandemic that happened. Um, but where do you see the country going? There is a lot of uh, clash between, like you say, the coastal regions and the inner uh, part of the United States that feels very differently, a different point of view of how the country should be run and where we should go. Where that's do you see what's yeah. That's precisely why we have an electoral college, so that we still can stay together as mm -hmm. one country. Uh, that was the whole purpose of the electoral college, to make sure that not only uh, is is power concentrated in certain, say, big cities, but yeah. is spread out over over the whole country. The concern of our constitutional framers was that support for a president should be broad, not just mm -hmm. uh, not just narrow. 
Um, for example, let's say that during the uh, 1950s, mm -hmm. the South had overwhelming support for a segregationist candidate. And so they got 90%, let's say they had 90% support for, for segregation in the South. Mm -hmm. The South, with that overwhelming popular vote with 90 percent, could actually dictate to the rest of the country that didn't want segregation, that wanted equal rights. Yeah. And, you know, that's the very reason that that um, that the that black um, uh, civil rights leaders testified mm -hmm. in Congress against uh, getting rid of the Electoral College, because mm -hmm. they said, if you could eliminate the Electoral College, then you're diluting the black vote. Mm -hmm. uh, black voters, say, in New York that can tip 45 electoral votes in favor of, uh, of a black candidate, uh, their votes are going to be diluted and as just 10 percent of the electorate. And so that's why so many black civil rights leaders were so against abolishing the Electoral College, because it and now is not the time I would suggest. Now is not a good time to talk about diluting black votes. I, mm -hmm. I find that that whole premise absolutely mm -hmm. outrageous. Yeah. And what is your promise to some in the country um, on either side thinking, well, maybe we should go our separate ways? I mean, that that is a very sad idea to me. Um, do you see any of that as a possibility that states could decide well, to separate? That's actually what happened in South America. Mm. Uh, there were leaders in South America that wanted to create a united South America, but they didn't have the vision that our constitutional framers did. So those countries went their own separate ways. Mm -hmm. It was only because of uh, Benjamin Franklin's, I think, the greatest contribution he made to the United yeah. States, to the creation of the United States. And it's, only, it's the only reason that we have one country. And the Electoral College binds the country together because it gives every region uh, of, the, of the country uh, a voice. Mm -hmm. And that was recognized by the by the New York Times uh, when they said um, the Electoral College is key to keeping our country together. If it weren't for the Electoral College, um, then I think, yes, we would probably would be breaking apart as, as it kind of happens uh, in Russia, where, you, where power is concentrated, say, in Moscow or centralized. Mm -hmm. And and uh, that that if it weren't for the Electoral College, I would be very pessimistic about the country remaining together, we would probably break apart as would have happened back in, uh, in this, in this, in 1789. Um, well, I'm so grateful we didn't. And I, I'm so grateful that you were able to come out and really share your wisdom on this and enlighten people so that they're feeling that, okay, you are having a voice. We are having a voice as a country. And this is, we're the luckiest people in the world because we're the only country that has this the electoral college. Uh, Professor Robert, Hardaway, where can people find out more about you? Um, maybe if they're in your area, uh, study okay. with you. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I've written um, quite a few uh, books um, on this subject. If anyone is really interested in the history of the Electoral College and why we have it, uh, this book here, uh, Saving the Electoral College, Why the National Popular Vote Would Undermine Democracy. And, and, and you know, there's still people out there that don't understand it, that want the Russian system, uh, that want a system that elects a candidate opposed by two-thirds of the uh, of the elector. People still are, 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 they still like that whole idea. Yeah, and so they can um, get that from uh, from um, Amazon. They can get it uh, from uh, bookstores and so forth. Saving the Electoral College. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
Uh, I hope that people can be educated because they may have learned about what created the United States of America uh, yeah. to protect. Uh, the, I think the most important um, thing was protecting. Uh, it worked out this way. It really does pr protect minority rights, as, yeah. as the civil rights leaders uh, have have uh, have have said in Congress. Mm -hmm trying to save the Electoral College. But you know, the person who saved the Electoral College mm -hmm. from attack by Republicans, because Republicans uh, mm -hmm. back, back in um, uh, 1956 were proposing to get rid of the Electoral College. And uh, it was actually John F. Kennedy who mm. came in and, and, and saved it. He pointed out to his Republican colleagues exactly what I've been saying. Mm -hmm. If you try to eliminate, first of all, you can't unless every state agrees. So that's not going to happen. But even even your attempt undermines our whole federal system. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who gave the famous speech in yeah. Congress in the Senate in 1956. This is before he came became president, of course, in which in which he said. Uh, the Electoral College is what created the United States of America, and mm -hmm. it is an absolute necessity uh, to keep our country together. Yeah. And what it does is it forces compromise before an election, because mm -hmm. in 1932, in 1936, for example, the socialists were, were polling something like 14 percent. Mm -hmm. And the Democrats had to realize they needed that 14 percent. And so they made compromises with the socialists mm -hmm. uh, in order to win the election in the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. But if we do it like they do in England with, with a, a parliament, mm -hmm. the problem is that you have to compromise after the election. You form these mm -hmm. very, very unstable coalitions that break apart. In Italy, they have that kind of system. Mm -hmm. And um, they had something like 12 governments in four years. And we don't realize that that our economic prosperity depends upon st some stability. Mm. And these fragile coalitions, because, because if you don't have an electoral college, you have to compromise after the election. Yeah. And really not the time to do it. You need to compromise before the election. That's the well, beauty. And, that, and that's another uh, very good point there that we never think about. All the rest of the European countries haven't been as prosperous as the U.S. And it's not just because we went out there and had great ideas and built stuff. Yeah, that's part of it. But all, as you just mentioned, it's the stability of our federal government that's allowed us to flourish. And that's not happened in a good part of the um, that's why the United States is, is an, an economic uh, a powerhouse because of that. Yeah. Um, when I give speeches to um, to students around the country, mm -hmm. I point out that if, if I was one asked to give a speech. What are the two most, if you could predict, if you could pick two provisions of the United States Constitution mm -hmm. uh, to preserve, what would they be? And I said, there's two, the most mm -hmm. important. One is the Interstate Commerce Clause because that way every state can produce what it's most efficient at producing. You trade, that increases that increases your economic output enormously. But you couldn't have a uh, interstate commerce clause if you didn't have a united political nation that was stable. Mm -hmm. And not like, uh, in, say, in Italy, where you get 12 different governments in, in three years. Mm -hmm. So um, it, is, it is an amazing uh, institution. It protects um, the, the, the rights of, of, uh, of, of uh, minority groups, which mm -hmm. is why minority leaders um, who understand the Electoral College realize that they don't want their votes diluted. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. And so I hope that just uh, really gets people thinking, getting, going out and getting your book and realizing that uh, we want everyone to have a voice. And that was the whole point of it. I really thank you, Professor Hardaway, for coming today to Savvy to share your uh, great wisdom on Forbidden Speech. Thank you. Thank you. And th thank you for getting me the word out. I could care less about uh, the book. I, I, uh, mm -hmm. If I give any revenues from it, I use it to send the book out to other people to read. So um, I hope I, I appreciate you letting me get the word out because there are so many misconceptions. And as long as those misconceptions prevail, uh, it's going to really undermine our whole federal system and the United States of America and the unity of the United States of America. Absolutely. And there's that kind of tension right now. And I'd like to have that eliminate where people realize that they are so blessed. And as you know, you might disagree with your neighbor, spoiled. but we've been we've been spoiled because we have elections, which most of the time give us a winner overnight. We're used mm -hmm. to looking on TV the night before and then the next day. OK, election's over. We Boom. can proceed. Yeah. But if we had, you know, here's one other thing. If we actually had the Russian system, the popular vote system, just mm -hmm. take one election here, 1960, mm -hmm. the, the so-called hypothetical popular vote was was so narrow that they said that we would have to have a recount in every state. Now, in 2000, mm -hmm. you, you saw the trauma the country went through having recounts in one state. Mm -hmm. Multiply that by a factor of 50. And you would get some idea of the trauma the country would have been put through in 1960 if we did not have an electoral college. Yes, the popular vote was was tight, but the electoral college was overwhelming in, in, in favor of John Kennedy. And no one batted an eye. No one, no one thought anything of it. And that's what happens most of the time with the electoral college. Once in a while three times, uh, uh, once or twice a century, you mm -hmm. have the hypothetical popular vote not jiving with the electoral vote. That's mm -hmm. very rare. It's happened in England. Uh, if you look at the number of people who voted for their, for their, for their members of parliament, mm -hmm. and you look at the total votes and compare it to the number of people they elected, um, that th that doesn't always jibe. But no mm -hmm. one says, "Let's let's abolish parliament. L let's do. Let's adopt the Russian system, po so-called popular vote system." No. Yeah. <laughs> and if, with all the talk now with going on with what's going on in Russia, I'm sure people are not like, let's do Russia's system. <laughs> well, people are. They don't realize it. That's the mm -hmm. problem. They don't realize that they are proposing the Russian system. And the yeah. French uh, have adopted it to their chagrin and the mm. outrage of the yeah. people of that country. We've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, Very Professor great. Hardaway, for coming today to Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth. Thank you. Have a great Thank day. You. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at LifeUnscriptedRadio.com. 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.